because I've got some questions for you kids and, and if you're over about 15, you're not allowed to answer. So here we go. What I want to know is, what is that? A tablet? Oh, good answer. Good try. Anyone else want to have a guess what it is? It's a bit weird, isn't it? A recorder. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's what's called a Sony Walkman. Yeah, and it, was, it was, uh, had cassette tapes in it. Yeah, they don't know what they are either. What are, what are they? Did you know what? They sold 220 million of those. So I always je- was jealous of my, Simon. He actually had one of those and it was awesome. Can anyone tell, uh, under uh, those kids, any of the kids, can you tell me who that is? A puppet? Yeah, it's a puppet with a particular name. <laughs> Some people are reminiscing. Any kids? No? It's, it's a tough question. Does it, did anyone over 15 want to give the answer? Alf. Alien life form, 100 episodes in the late 80s. This was a TV show with Alf and the family that he uh, was part of. Okay, can anyone tell me under, yeah, what do you think that is? Pets on it? Yeah, you're pretty good. One of the games with pets on it. What is it? Tamagotchi. It was a toy. They sold 76 million of those. Okay, now here's one. There's some, some uh, not-so-young females, are gonna, hearts are going to melt now. Oh. <laughs> of all people. I'll give you a clue, kids. This, these people, they're musicians. They're holding, uh, em- <laughs> they're holding Emmy Awards. It's all right. There's, I'll explain why they're laughing. Uh, a Grammy Award. Sorry, Grammy Awards. And, and they sold... 30 million singles and 14 million albums. No? You don't know who they are? No? Go on. Tell us, Lorraine. Millie Vanilli. Now, the reason I, I, they laughed when I said musicians was because they were found out that they were actually miming and they weren't actually musicians at all um, and they didn't even sing. But that's, you know, some people said they should give, give those back. Okay, the last one, and Catherine was intrigued by this one. Oh, oh just got it. Pair it. Does anyone know, under, under 15, know what this is? Tuck-in toys? I'm, I'm wondering, some adults don't know what these are, or some people that lived through the 80s, no? These were, these were very popular. Um, I don't know how many they sold, but these are, are called Popples. Do you remember the Popples? Uh, they had Rainbow Bright and I had a couple other things. I wasn't sure what to use, but they had a TV show as well. This is, this is Tanya's, by the way, just for your reference. Yeah, yeah, And that's my point. There's these things that we actually, when, when I was at uni, we got taught about the product life cycle, where things start and they slowly get more and more popular, they get popular and then they mature and they, uh, they sell lots of them, hopefully lots of them, that's the plan, and then they start to decline and you start to forget about them. And even though there were 220 million Walkmans sold, people now don't even know what they are. Or ALF, or Tamagotchis, or Milli Vanilli, or Popples, they just had their, their season, their life, and they, they went, went on. So these things have two things in common. They were popular when I was growing up, but none of them are popular now. Today, traditionally, is what's known as Palm Sunday, and we remember Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. Does anyone remember how that started? Like what, what, sorry, the start of that story? If we just go through that, what, what happened first? He sends disciples to get the colt, the, the, the young donkey. Yep, 
Then what happened? What happened after that? They headed into Jerusalem. Remember what they waved? Palms, palm branches. And they put clothes on the, uh, their, their coats on the ground and they shouted something out. What did they shout out? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, Hosanna is just a, a term of phrase, but it's based around save or help. So it's, it's, it, is, it is praise, it's a positive, it's not a cry of desperation, but it's, it comes from, from, from help or save. This is what they said. Those who went ahead and those who followed, so this is Jesus had his, his entourage, he had his followers, and th- but it, it was because they were heading up to the time of Passover, there were a lot of people around, a lot of people heading into, into Jerusalem, and it was probably like the, the southeastern on a weekday morning where there were lots of people heading into Jerusalem. And as they're, as they're heading in, they kind of, there were some that went, who, who is this guy? What are you talking about? And others were going, well, this is the guy that raised Lazarus. Um, this is the guy that did these things. And they're like, wow. So those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So they're shouting these praises to Jesus. But less than a week later, one of his disciples was betray- betrayed him. Another denied even knowing him. His friends all ran away to save their butts. Some very important Jews were trying to get him killed and succeeded. Crowds of people called for his death. The governor had him flogged. The Romans nailed him to a cross. And even on the cross, people were still mocking him. What went wrong? between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. Five days. Product life cycle was pretty short. To go from Palm Sunday, people cheering him, to Good Friday, dying and being mocked. What went wrong? I want to look at those five days. I want to just journey through those five days, not the whole lot, but they're a really significant five days and they're very... They're actually very clearly mapped out. And I want to start with what Jesus did as he entered Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. So if we look at our triumphant entrance on Sunday to the cross on Friday. And what happened first is Jesus weeps for Jerusalem. In Luke 19, it tells us, but as he came closer to Jerusalem, this is, this is Palm Sunday. This is rah, rah, Hosanna. As he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you in from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. So while people are praising him, he's actually in tears for Jerusalem. He then goes on the next morning to clean out the temple. He goes into the temple for the second time and and gets rid of all the people buying and selling and treating the temple as a, as a marketplace rather than God's, God's temple. And he says, he says to them in Matthew 21, 13, the scripture declare, 
My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. He proceeds for the next three days to spend the days in the temple. It's quite interesting because he was actually staying two and a half k's out of uh, Jerusalem in a place called Bethany. And so they would come into the temple for the day, spend the day there, and then between Bethany and Jerusalem, where the temple was, was a big mountain called the Mount of Olives. And, and the, the road went round the Mount of Olives. So of an evening, they'd hang out at the Mount of Olives and then stay the night at Bethany and then come back into the temple and spend the day at the temple. And, uh, and so, so um, it's quite funny because um, in amongst it, I, th- I forget which, which gospel it is, mentions that uh, while he was teaching the temple, he, he um, healed the blind and, and the uh, cripples just in passing because he's raised Lazarus from the dead now. So this is just day-to-day stuff, just healing people at the temple. That's kind of become a bit normal for Jesus. Um, but he spends these three days and, and he talks of his purpose and pending death. John 12, 23 to 25 says, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. He spent a long time, uh, this is just a small snippet of, of the passage where he shares about, about his journey, his pathway that he's, he's experiencing now. As I mentioned, he teaches in the temple. He says in Mark 12, 13, didn't you ever read this in the scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. And there's lots of parables and, and, and um, teaching that he does over this three days that was recorded in scripture over the gospels. Um, and if you put them all together, you can see that he spends the three days spending time with people teaching in the temple. He says in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands, commandments. He says in Matthew 23, The greatest among you must be servants, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Luke 21, he says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. He's watched someone put two copper coins and an old lady put two copper coins in there. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. It's quite amazing, this, this, this period of time between that triumphant entrance and the cross. Because Jesus knows what's going on. Those around him don't. But if you look at his words, and these are just little snapshots that, that are parts of it. But if you look at his words and his teaching and his, his time with the disciples, he knows what's coming. He knows the journey he's walking. He spends, as I mentioned, time in the, the, um, uh, garden, uh, the Mount of Olives of an evening with his disciples. Obviously, after the, the temple, it's got late and they go back and kick back on the Mount of Olives. 
And this is an example of some of the, he spends a lot of time with them. Luke 21 says, even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. He told them a lot about what was coming up, about the pressure that these guys were going to face being his followers. Then we get to, oh, sorry, another verse, Matthew 25. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That night, when they get back to Bethany, and they've had three days of this experience, this, this time together at the temple, at the Mount of Olives. This lady Mary comes and uses a, a little jar of expensive perfume and pours it on Jesus' feet. And there's grumbling with the disciples. What a waste of money. We could have used this for the poor. We could have, we could have raised some money with this, given it to poor people. And in Mark 14, we hear Jesus reply, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You'll always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. Thursday, they didn't spend as much time in the temple because they were preparing they were getting a room together, getting a meal together for Thursday evening where they spent the evening having the last supper together. Where we, we, we do that in our, um, in our communion. But when Jesus did it, during the meal, he actually went and washed the feet of his disciples. A task that your leader would not do. A task that the low person would do. And we hear in John 13, Peter saying, No, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus replies, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. If we look at the, the time between this triumphant entrance and the cross, nothing went wrong. Jesus has a very consistent story a very consistent agenda. He's not confused about what's happening and what's going to happen. What went wrong, and I, I know we look at Palm Sunday as a, as a celebration of, of Jesus, but what went wrong was the perspective that those that were waving flags, waving palm trees, that were praising him on that Palm Sunday. Their perspective, their idea of who Jesus was, was not what he spent the next five days and his whole ministry teaching and explaining and representing. He consistently through these five days and, and for, the, for the years before this had the same message. The, the people that were waving the palm branches ignored the fact that, that he was riding a young donkey, not a noble steed. 
they forgot the fact that he was hanging out with a bunch of bogans. He wasn't hanging out with the celebrities. His followers were just the normal people, the fishermen. They put those things aside because they wanted a hero for the day. They wanted a king that would make life easy, that would get rid of the Romans who were oppressing them. They'd heard about his power and authority. If he can raise people from the dead, he must be, must be someone significant. But they saw a, a fast-tracked, fast get-rich-quick, knighting-chiming armour, rock star with screaming groupies. Do you want fries with that? They missed who he really was. So on Palm Sunday, they were ready to buy whatever he was offering. But by Friday, they were nowhere to be seen. My first job when I was out of uni, um, our production manager got married, went over to... She actually got married in Las Vegas, I think. Um, and, uh, and she came back. And this was one of the toys that she brought back. She wasn't a Christian. She thought this was a funny toy. It's bobbling head Jesus. It's called Buddy Christ. And when she proceeded, she knew who I, who I was, what I believed. When she proceeded to show the, the production team this, uh, this toy with great joy, there were laughter, there was, you know, there was two parts to me. There was a part of me that went, wow, we're talking about Jesus. That's cool. That's good. I'm glad Jesus is part of the agenda. And there was another part of me that was crushed at the idea that her image of Jesus was a little funny toy to stick on the car. That her, her um, perception of who Jesus was could be summarized in a little toy. I think in some ways the Palm Sunday Jesus is a bit like this. I think sometimes I sell Jesus short. I look more about what I can get than what he gave. I look at what's free and not what was paid. I live like a consumer and not as a follower. I take the bits I like and I ignore the bits I don't. Jesus doesn't need a fan club, a bunch of people waving palm branches and saying, give us another miracle. But then who've left before it gets uncomfortable, humbling or costly. Because our perspective of Jesus has an impact on, on how we accept and respond to him. It has an impact on, on how we see ourselves. It has an impact on how we see others. Matthew 5, 44 says, and this is Jesus speaking, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. What he could have said was, I love my enemies. I pray for those that persecute me. Come follow me. In Matthew 10, 16, he says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. He could have said, I have been sent out as a sheep among wolves. So I'm as shrewd as snakes 
and as harmless as doves. See, Jesus isn't a rock star. He is the rock. He may not be glamorous, but he is our strength. He may not be popular, but he is enduring. He may not be pretty, but he is humble. He may not be the new thing, the new toy, but he is refreshing. I guess as we journey this coming week between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, I don't want to have a perception of Jesus that I've built up. I really encourage you to get back to Scripture, to read, read Jesus' words, read his journey. Get into his perspective, his position. And be challenged and be encouraged and be inspired by who he is, who he really is. He's not a product. He's not a toy. He's not a, uh, something that you can take today and not have tomorrow. He's enduring. He's eternal. And, and that's, that's not a position of, of weakness, but it's a position of thankfulness and grace and, and love. It's a great place to be. It's a good place to be. So I'm going to take that picture off because I don't particularly, it's not a pleasant picture to me. Um, it, and, and this is the challenging thing because there is truth in that picture. It's called Buddy Christ. And so there's truth in, in that friendship that Jesus brings. I imagine myself sitting on the Mount of Olives with him as he's sharing, sharing from, a, from a pace of compassion for his disciples, knowing what they're about to experience. And so... The hardest part about productizing Jesus is there is some truth. There's something to sell. There's some good stuff in there. But it's not a product pitch that we, we sell with our mouths or by the T-shirts we wear. Or it's a, it's a relationship, something that we've experienced. We're actually introducing people to a person. We're actually sharing what that person means in our lives the Mount of Olive experiences that you've had with Jesus, that you've experienced, is that's where we come from. That's where we're not selling the next best thing. We're light. We're salt. We're people that have been transformed by this guy. It's an exciting place to be.